welcome to the Money Wise Women Show, brought to you by MoneyMorphosis.com. Are you ready to be inspired to upgrade your financial skills? Listen to feminine leaders sharing practical advice and valuable insights. Shift your money mindset, improve communication skills, and learn financial management tips. Although we do not provide investment advice, you can check out MoneyMorphosis.com. That's money M-O-R-P-H-O-S-I-S.com to find simple ways to boost your true wealth. Hello, this is Crystal Arnold, your hostess of Money Wise Women and founder of Money Morphosis. So today we are going to explore what is possible when we align our money with our values, and when we come together in what I like to call a more intimate economy, which is uh, where there is transparency, trust, where relationships are at the forefront of every financial exchange. And um, I'm so excited to have our guest, uh, Deb Nelson, on today. Uh, because she is um, works at RSF Social Finance. So I'll tell you a little bit about that organization before I introduce her so you can get a sense of why I'm so excited to, um, because this organization has really been a leader in the field of, of just aligning values with money and really um, putting relationships at the forefront. So since 1984, RSF Social Finance has been focused on developing really innovative social finance tools. And um, they are a nonprofit uh, financial services organization. And so they offer investing, lending, philanthropic services to both individuals and enterprises. And um, RSF has now um, over 1,000 clients and more than $120 million in consolidated assets. And so I really see how RSF um, financial relationships, they really um, want these relationships to be direct, transparent, and personal. And this is such a breath of fresh air, right? This is what we are, people are really hungry for, I feel like. And um, yeah, so they really um, have a diverse group of entrepreneurs that have one thing in common, which is this social mission at their core, which drives what they do and how they do it. And so the organizations that borrow from RSF are working towards social, economic, and ecological benefits. And so there's a lot of innovative um, programs and things that they've been involved with. And uh, Deb Nelson is also just an incredible um, leader in this field. And uh, she has been guiding RSF's field building activities, um, which includes client engagement programs and strategic partnerships. And prior to working at RSF, Deb was executive director at the Social Venture Network, a community of mission-driven entrepreneurs and investors. And before that, Deb was working with Working Assets um, 
Credo Mobile and um, and American Express, and she's also you know served in the Peace Corps as a volunteer in Cameroon, and uh, has her MBA from Northwestern University, and uh, and also she serves at Presidio Graduate School as a mentor in residence. So she is just a fantastic voice for um, this more um, yes intimate economy. So um, to begin with, Deb, I would love to hear from you just a little bit about your journey that brought you into um, this conversation about money and values. Thank you, Crystal, and thank you for the kind introduction. So how I came to get into this work, uh, it started a long time ago, <laughs> uh, you know, my father was an artist who became a businessman, uh, and my mother was a Unitarian Universalist minister um, who was very committed to racial inclusion and social justice. And, you know, I decided at an early age that I was not going to follow in their footsteps. You know, I was not going to enter the world of money or business. I was not going to end up in the world of religion or spirit. Uh, and as it turns out, that's exactly where I ended up is I'm working at this intersection of money, community, and spirit in my role at RSF Social Finance. And, you know, my career took a pretty schizophrenic path um, you know, I was a Peace Corps volunteer, then I worked at Saks Fifth Avenue, I went to business school, worked for American Express, worked for Working Assets, uh, led a nonprofit that I came to love called Social Venture Network, and that's where I really started learning a lot about impact investing and the socially responsible business community. And that's when I discovered that it's not that the solutions aren't out there, it's that the best solutions aren't always acknowledged or supported or funded. And so after supporting social entrepreneurs and mission-driven business leaders for 15 years, I decided I wanted to work with all different forms of capital, financial capital, human capital, social capital, and leverage the power of capital to solve some of our most pressing social and environmental problems. So I feel very grateful to be doing the work that I'm doing. It's uh, it's incredibly meaningful, interesting, uh, and it's hard. It's hard work, but it, it feels good to be at least a part of the solution, especially given um, the challenges that we're facing today. Mm. Right. Money is this key um, tool that's often, you know, underutilized and there's so many conscious people who are wanting to affect change and yet, you know, still um, directing their money in ways that um, does not align with their values. And uh, so would you like to tell people a little bit more about what does, um, what makes the RSF approach so innovative and effective? There are, there are a couple of things. You know, one is we start by just asking questions about money. You know, we're all about questioning assumptions, and we encourage people to think about their relationship with money and what they care about most. 
um, because we're all socialized to um, think about money in different ways, but most of us have heard at some point in our lives, don't talk about money. Um, most of us at some point in our lives have received messages about scarcity, you know, that there's not enough and, you know, you have to hold on to your money very carefully and, you know, you want to make sure that you're multiplying your money whenever possible and um, that more money is better. And, uh, and often we receive messages that tell us, you know, if we have more money, we'll have more power and influence and we will be happier. And, you know, at some point in life, we all realize, oh, that's actually a myth. Money and power are not what makes us happy. Love and relationships and connection makes us happy. And, you know, and if we're lucky enough to be living a life that's aligned with what we care about most, that brings happiness as well. So, you know, so at RSF, you know, we start by having conversations. So we talk about creating financial relationships as opposed to conducting financial transactions. So first we get to know our clients, find out, you know, what they care about. And um, if they're interested in examining their relationship with money, we have gatherings um, and ways to help them do that. Um, if they just want a way to better align their money with their values, we have lots of different ways of helping them to do that. So we have a social investment fund, and you do not have to be high net worth to become an impact investor. You can open up an account uh, with just $1,000. And the social investment fund, it goes into a fund that enables us to provide loans to groundbreaking social enterprises. So you become an investor and you know exactly where your money is going, what it's going to support. And it's supporting entrepreneurs that are addressing pressing social and environmental problems. Um, so we, we believe it's important for people to know where their money is going um, as opposed to, you know, depositing in it to a, a bank, often a big bank, and really not knowing where their money is going, what it's funding, what it's supporting. Um, so our social investment fund is a way to, you know, put your dollars to work. It's also highly liquid, so people can, if they need to take their money out, they can take their money out uh, every 90 days. We also have donor-advised funds for people that want to leverage philanthropic dollars, we have collaboratives, which are field of interest philanthropic funds. And so for people that care about women's leadership or soil health or biodynamics or local food or fair trade, we have a collaborative that provides integrated capital to social entrepreneurs that are working on those issues. And so um, we provide diverse forms of capital to leaders over a period of time to help them over the long haul because it's it takes time. It takes time. It takes money. It takes support to really address complicated social, economic, or environmental problems. And so what we found is that an integrated approach is what has been most effective for us and our clients, and that is an, an integrated approach to how they work with money, you know, thinking about what's important to them, how much is enough, how they want to align their money with their values. 
And then we use an integrated approach to capital where it's not just financial capital, it's human and social capital as well. And we can provide diverse forms of capital to groundbreaking entrepreneurs. So it, we might be providing them with a loan. It might be a loan guarantee. It might be an investment. It might be a technical assistance grant. Or sometimes it's connecting them to a great advisor or consultant or a resource that really enables them to expand their impact. So we think that if we can create an integrated approach to the way we and our collaborators work with money, that that's the first step in transitioning from an economy that's based on extraction to getting to an economy that's based on regeneration and interconnectedness. Mm-hmm. Yes, I love all of the very practical, tangible next steps that you just laid out that people could really get involved in with just even a thousand dollars. You know, there's often some myth that, you know, you have to have a, a lot of money and a high net worth to become an investor. And um, I just love how um, accessible your programs are for people. And uh, and that integrated approach is so in contrast to a traditional bank loan where the bank really has little to no interest in supporting you in your ongoing success and the mentorship and the resources that you may need. And so I can imagine um, it's very effective for um, seeing a good, you know, repayment rate and success rate um, of the people involved, right? It's, yeah, it, it works in so many aspects because, you know, it really works in terms of the support that we're able to provide social entrepreneurs. And it really works in terms of building trust all around and connection all around. Um, you know, so we've been around for 33 years and we've repaid 100% of our investors. You know, so there, there have been no losses that the investors have had to cover. So all of their principal and all of their interest has been repaid over 33 years. Um, we also find that when we bring people in a financial relationship together, it changes everything. So one of the gatherings that we host is called a community pricing meeting. So instead of using LIBOR to set our interest rates, we have something called RSF Prime. And so what we do is we have gatherings where we bring together the investors in our social investment fund, the social entrepreneurs that we support, and RSF's colleagues. And we facilitate a conversation where the investors talk about what they care about, why they've chosen to invest in a social investment fund. The social entrepreneurs talk about the work that they're doing and how the loans or the capital helps them to solve the social or environmental problem that they're focused on. And we have a conversation about impact and we have a conversation about money. And based on those quarterly pricing meetings, that's how we set our interest rate. So we, we set RSF prime based on those conversations. And it's, it's very unique. I mean, you, the big banks don't usually – you know, invite the people who have savings accounts with them, you know, to come into their local branch and, you know, meet the people that their money is going to support. 
um, and to have a conversation and to set the interest rate based on those interactions and those conversations. So, you know, we find that it's, you know, it's very aligned with our values. Um, it's, it's super interesting and powerful to, you know, to bring all these people together and to hear their stories. And, you know, it makes good business sense too, because when you're in a relationship with someone, um, you know when things are going well and you know when there are challenges and you get a chance to address those challenges as opposed to when you're not in a relationship, say with the entrepreneur, you know, they don't feel safe coming forward and saying, you know, we're having this challenge. Can, can you help me work through it? You know, do you have any resources that might help me make it through this financial crunch or that, you know, might help me make it through, um, you know, this challenging period that I'm having that, ha- you know, has to do with uh, growth pains or that has to do with, you know, market forces. So we, um, we have very close relationships with our investors, with our donors, and with our entrepreneurs. And, uh, and it makes my job, you know, so much more fulfilling. So, again, I feel very, very lucky to be doing this work, especially in these times, because it's, it's very hopeful work. Mm. Oh, I love that focus on the relationship and the um, amazing opening that happens when people are able to share um, intimately about their hopes and fears financially and speak about their own relationship with money. And I've seen this with hundreds of women in my workshops um, about that, that transformation that can happen and, and ultimately the relief, right? When people are given a, a safe space to share, whether they have a lot or a little money, there's um, very, uh, you know, a lot of uh, struggle and stress for many people. And um, I just, yeah, really think that, that encourage listeners to, to have some of those intimate conversations and to really find a safe space to, to share about money. And um, it's really, we can leverage our power and our influence when we do have these uh, communities of, of people coming together to talk more intimately about money. Um, and obviously, Absolutely. you know, it's, it's been a very um, male-dominated field, uh, the field of finance. Mm-hmm. And so I'd love to hear some more about this uh, Women's Capital Collaborative and, and what that's all about. Sure. Yeah, and before I get into our Women's Capital Collaborative, um, one of the things that I really appreciate about RSF is that most of our investors and donors and and most of our largest investors and donors are women. And so mm-hmm. that that has had an enormous impact on not only what we do but how we do it in terms of, you know, having a a more integrated, holistic, inclusive approach. Um so we started working with one of our donor collaborators, you know, really wanted to do more to support and empower women and girls. Um, But in terms of leveraging her philanthropic dollars and her investment dollars, she wanted to do more and she encouraged us to do more. 
and get very specific and focused on supporting women entrepreneurs because women entrepreneurs, whether they're for-profit leaders or nonprofit leaders, they are overlooked and underfunded over and over and over again. And studies show, you know, somewhere between 3 and 10% of venture capital goes to women-led enterprises. It's 2017. You know, it's, wow. it's crazy that, that the numbers are so low. And they've done studies. There was a study, Harvard Business School did a study in partnership with other organizations um, where they had male and females give a business pitch. And the, and the business pitch was identical. They were word for word identical pitches and they would give them to investors. And even when the pitches were identical, the male entrepreneur was 60% more likely to be chosen to receive funding than the woman entrepreneur. So we know that there is a lot of unconscious bias or implicit bias out there. And so we decided to create this Women's Capital Collaborative to, show, to, to shine a light um, on the fact that you know, women entrepreneurs are extremely effective entrepreneurs. There are more and more women that are starting their own enterprises, whether they're for-profit or non-profit. And we want to address this bias. You know, we want to do our part to, to help level the playing field. So we started this philanthropic initiative where we would provide diverse forms of capital via this collaborative to women-led social enterprises. Again, they can be for-profit or non-profit. They have to be focused on empowering and supporting women and or girls. So that has to be their core priority. And they also need to be running their organizations in a way that's inclusive and collaborative. We want to make sure that it's not just the what that they're doing, but it's the how. And so we have partnered with about a dozen um, women donors who are they're donating philanthropic funds so that we can have as much flexibility as possible in providing different forms of capital to women entrepreneurs. So again, it's human and social capital. We leverage our trust network for that in connecting them with advisors and consultants, different resources and networks, and it's diverse forms of financial capital. So loans, loan guarantees, investments, and grants. And we're going to be having a shared gifting circle this fall, and we're going to start supporting, start deploying integrated capital to support women entrepreneurs this fall as well. And um, I'm just very inspired by it, very excited to share what we learn, you know, both in terms of what we do especially well, it's very effective, and, you know, where we, where we struggle, you know, where we make mistakes, sharing those two so that other organizations can learn from them. And we're partnering with a lot of different organizations that are also doing similar work to support women leaders and women entrepreneurs. We want this to be highly collaborative and, uh, and very open source so that we can learn from others and share what we're learning. Oh, that is brilliant. That really is what I see as crucial in the emergent economy is this collaborative open source, you know, sharing best practices, really learning and integrating um, the, you know, results from each experience that we have. And um, what, what is the shared gifting circle? Would you like to explain that? That's another unique model that was created by RSF staff members. 
And so we wanted to shift the power structure. You know, so often, you know, our financial systems and power structures are are not set up to, to really empower everyone or really provide benefit, equal benefit to the whole. So one of the things that we wanted to do was we wanted to bring together grantees uh, in circles, and we, as the financial inter- intermediary, you know, that's using philanthropic dollars, we wanted to say, okay, there are 10 incredible leaders of social enterprises in this room. We want you to share, you know, talk about your purpose and mission, why you're doing the work that you're doing, how your enterprise is solving a pressing social or environmental problem, what your greatest opportunity is, what your biggest challenge is, why you need more capital to expand your impact. And and the group shares in lots of different ways. They share openly. And the grantees decide on how to allocate the philanthropic funds. We don't. They decide based on the greatest needs, the greatest opportunities, and they decide as a collective how to allocate those philanthropic funds. And so we're, we're sharing the power and we're also, you know, creating a small trust network where, you know, these amazing leaders get to know each other well and often they, you know, they continue the relationships. They want to continue to learn from and lean on each other in doing their work in the world. So we, we found that it's, yeah, it's just an incredible model in, in terms of the long-term ripple effects you know, it's it's very empowering that day, and um, and it also just sparks new ideas about what's possible in in terms of the ways that we work with money. So we're going to be doing a shared gifting circle for women entrepreneurs uh, at our office right here in the Presidio in San Francisco this fall, and uh, and we're really excited about it. So we're going to be bringing together the social entrepreneurs, who will all be women. Um, RSF colleagues, um, and some of the donors who have helped initiate the Women's Capital Collaborative will we'll all be a part of this. Wow. I can just imagine how satisfying that is for everyone involved to really have this sense of intimacy and, and really see who's you know on both sides of these financial engagements and really have a voice and a vote and a stake in in the success and the allocation of funds and just that that sense of accountability and um, you know true reciprocity that I hear happening through all of these programs is really just that more human way to do money and finance together and I'm just amazed at the what I can imagine the relationships that develop and and then the mutual shared interest in one another's success right Mm -hmm. that's Mm -hmm. exactly what happens it's exactly what happens and and everyone starts to see what's possible you know and new ideas and new collaborations and partnerships emerge and and that is what's possible in terms of our financial systems. You know, we created our financial systems. We can reinvent them. 
you know, so we can create financial systems and financial relationships that really work for everyone, you know, where it's not a zero-sum game, where it's really win-win-win, and and establishing connections, you know, and creating financial relationships that are direct, personal, transparent. We think that's the first step in, in transforming the way people think about money and in transforming our economy. Mm, yes, absolutely. Oh, I'm so inspired by uh, all the work that you and, and the organization is doing. Um, let's, Let's take a moment to uh, have a quick break um, here and a word from our sponsor. And then when we come back, I know you were recently a guest at the Money, Women's, M- Women, Money, and Spirit Conference that the California Institute of Integral Studies did. And uh, so if you have any highlights or inspirations uh, from that from that experience I'd love to hear that when we come back from our break here do you get choked up and flush talking about money don't let fear and shame stop you from sharing your value speak up sister find out how to boost your financial communication skills at www.findyourmoneyvoice.com Perhaps you're like Gwen, a budding, creative entrepreneur who wants to provide for her family, but she has a tough time expressing her needs. She chronically undercharges and lays awake at night with money stress. With Crystal's Find Your Money Voice training, she found renewed confidence speaking her self-worth. Transform beliefs, behaviors, and skills with money. With greater clarity and focus, Gwen more confidently negotiated solid agreements and increased her business earnings with the trainings found at findyourmoneyvoice.com. Welcome back. We are here with Deb Nelson from RSF uh, Finance. And she is just um, showing us a glimpse into this whole incredible world of um, more intimacy in our financial agreements and people are coming together um, for their satisfaction, for mutual benefit, for growing um, true wealth that is beyond the financial and is really impacting people in their own inner wealth and their relational wealth and their ability to um, draw on a network of experts and, and leaders and, and really contribute to um, their, their communities in a bigger, fuller way. And so uh, she was also recently a guest uh, speaker at the Money Women Money Conference put on by the California Institute of Integral Studies. And I'd love to hear any highlights from that or if there were any um, kind of themes in the conversation or anything that was especially inspiring to you. Sure. I, I loved Women, Money, Spirit. It was so affirming, so inspiring to me. Kate Levinson organized it. And she's, uh, she's an author and a leader and an entrepreneur in her own right. And she, you know, wanted to bring together a very diverse group of women to talk about 
money, meaning, their purpose, uh, their spiritual path, and how they wanted to align um, those elements of their lives. And so, so I was able to listen to a lot of different stories from the other women that were at the gathering. There were about 160 women there. And, um, and she asked us to share our personal money story. And, you know, and I've been in this space for a while. You know, I was with Social Venture Network for about 15 years, and I've been with RSF for nearly a year and a half. And I'd never been asked that question before. I'd never been asked to share my personal money story. So it was just fascinating to hear these money stories. And they were all different and all moving. Um, But there were some similar themes that kept emerging. And so, you know, what struck me is that women were finding their voice. You know, they were finding their voice. They were finding a way to align what they're passionate about with how they use their resources, you know, not just their money, but all different forms of capital, their, their knowledge, their connections, and, and yes, their financial resources too. Um, some similar themes that came up were themes about uh, fear, nervousness, um, you know, a sense of shyness or timidity around money and how they were working to, you know, kind of develop muscle memory uh, both in talking about money, but also in aligning their money with their values. And and some of it came back to the way we're socialized as girls and the way boys are socialized. And I'm going to oversimplify a little bit here, but, you know, girls are socialized to be nice and humble and focus on the collective. And those are good things. Um, but sometimes we can be socialized to be nice and humble and focused on the collective to a fault. You know, sometimes it doesn't fully enable us or empower us to step up, step out, use our voices fully, and um, and feel confident in sharing our thoughts, opinions, questions. Um, boys, on the other hand, usually are socialized to be very confident, outspoken, aggressive, sometimes competitive. And, you know, and that's tricky for them, too, because boys don't always feel confident (laughs) or aggressive. They don't always want to be outspoken. It's especially tough for highly sensitive boys. And so, you know, what's needed now is we need to come back into balance. And, you know, there have been great studies and great articles written about the need for balanced leadership. Uh, Lee Buchanan wrote a great article called um, The Seven Traits of True Leaders, And it talked about both women and men needing more feminine qualities of leadership, qualities such as uh, humility, patience, inclusiveness, collaboration, um, that given the state of the world right now and where we need to go, that those qualities of leadership and making sure that we have a mix of feminine and masculine leadership traits. Um, that That's what is desperately needed these days. And so, you know, as women, if we can help each other to, you know, to trust their instincts and to just trust that it's okay to speak up, to ask questions, to share their opinions, even if they're not sure 
that they're 100% correct. You know, no one has all the answers. Men certainly don't have all the answers, but that doesn't stop them from speaking up. So, you know, we, we need to make sure that women have a seat at the table. We need to make sure that women are supported. And, you know, we do need to support each other in speaking up. And whenever women are in positions of power, just making sure that we're inviting other women to the table. We're inviting them to share their questions and thoughts, opinions, and, um, and we're mentoring and supporting our sisters along the way, that we're making time for that and we're just opening our eyes to you know what's going on around us and who isn't being hurt, who isn't speaking up. So it was a it was a very very powerful experience for me, and I, I'm just very grateful to Kate and CIIS for hosting it. Mm. Yes, I um, it really does feel like as we are on the brink of this evolutionary leap and in some way that humanity we know we can't continue on as business as usual and I too see how women are finding their voice and bringing the more feminine qualities into leadership and and into the marketplace and uh, just the, the ways that there is um, incredible you know um, power in not only telling our personal money stories um, and and the healing that comes from that, but also then um, how that ripples out, how we are re-creating um, new um, just repatterning, like you said something about muscle memory. It's like we got to practice having these conversations about mm-hmm. with our family, our partners in business, in the ways we negotiate, and uh, just really bringing in uh, more emotional intelligence for men and women so that we can empathize with other people's um, circumstances and positions and just, you know, make our choices from that more um, integrated perspective that's not so me-centered. And uh, is there anything else um, that was, uh, you know, kind of uh, unexpected or um, inspiring people that listeners might want to know about from the conference? Well, they had, you know, they invited women leaders, um, you know, from lots of different walks of life, you know, lots of different career paths, and um, and they shared their personal stories, and many of them shared their their books and their resources as well. So, um, you know, Kate Levinson's book is a great one about women and money. They also shared um, Lynn Twist, who wrote uh, The Soul of Money and was recently um, featured on Oprah's show, Super Soul Sunday. Um, She has an incredible story about her path, you know, learning about um, money, the myths that were taught about money, and, um, you know, moving into her purpose, which is helping people, you know, again, to look at their relationship with money and helping them to unlock money unlock the true power of money and and really get connected to their soul's purpose and you know however they choose to do it 
leverage their resources so that it's aligned with their soul's purpose. So, you know, so she talks about the power of money when it flows because, you know, she said the title of her book, The Soul of Money, you know, it's a little bit of a hook, right? Because she doesn't, she doesn't really believe that money has a soul, but everyone has a soul. And so, you know, her book talks about when we let money flow the same way when we let love flow, incredible things happen. It's when we, you know, allow money to get stuck or when we allow love to get stuck, you know, that things really fester and become toxic. And so those messages in the book, you know, how do we move from scarcity to abundance? You know, how do we enable resources, including money, to flow in our lives so that we create abundance, you know, and a mentality of abundance, you know, that we share with our family, with all of our friends and collaborators? And, you know, how do we work together to create an economy that works for everyone, not just the privileged few. So um, so it was also nice to come away and, you know, remember the teachings from the spiritual leaders that were in the room um, and, and the people that work with money and, you know, and try and integrate them as well. I also was very moved by um, Brenda Salgado, who shared her stories with me and, uh, and shared a book that she wrote about mindfulness. And so, you know, I've been working on thinking about the connection uh, between mindfulness practices and how we work with money. And that's been Mm. personally very helpful to me. Mm. Yes. Right. It's such an ordinary thing, money, that's just in our daily lives and, you know, kind of like the air we breathe that can be easy to go on autopilot and just have your bank account with all the auto withdrawals and it's just kind of happening and so it really is, uh, does take some curiosity to be willing to um, explore a different way with more mindfulness before we spend, you know, when, when we have all of these choice points. And uh, yeah, there, there's an incredible potential because ultimately, you know, my, my degree was in economics and um, at its heart, I see that economics is about caring for one another and that it is this sacred marketplace where we bring our gifts forward and we express our needs and we have these connections and exchanges and just really bringing that that care and that heart back into money is a big um, part of my passion and work because there is incredible power released when we um, say that we are more than anonymous consumers and we are Mm -hmm. actually creative participants in this in this uh, economy and uh, I just love that's love so true that's yeah. so true I've also found in my own life and in talking with women that sometimes we get stuck you know with the message I'm not high worth I don't have enough money to really move it in ways that will make a difference well you know if you buy food <laughs> you, you're already moving money you know so think about how you want to move it in a way that's aligned with your values um, we also sometimes get stuck in thinking, oh, I don't have enough time 
to really think through how I want to move my money in a way that's aligned with my values. And what I found out through experiences, actually, it's not very hard and it doesn't take that much time. You know, I'm, I'm a single mom with two boys and, you know, I've got a job that keeps me very busy. But, you know, I changed my bank account. I, you know, I now bank with New Resource Bank. I probably changed it about a dozen years ago. And, um, and it wasn't hard you know, to switch banks. Not at all. It didn't take very much time at all. And, you know, now I know that they are totally mission-driven, totally values-aligned. They're great community banks all over. Um, you know, credit card. Th- think about, you know, the money that you flow through your credit card, especially if you're paying interest on it, and think about getting a credit card that's aligned with your values. Beneficial State Bank has a credit card that supports causes different causes that you can choose that you care about. Um, And then, of course, you know, where do you park your money? Do you want to become an impact investor? You know, whether you've got a tiny bit of money to invest or a lot, doesn't take very much. You know, we, our online application for our social investment fund takes five minutes to fill it out. So, you know, not a lot of time. And where you shop every day, you know, are, are you supporting the company's, the enterprises that, you know, are moving towards, you know, an inclusive, just, sustainable world, it takes a little more time to think that through, but not not a tremendous amount of time. You know, we, we all can do it. It's really not that hard. Mm. Yes, and, and in a big part because of the innovation that RSF has, has done over the past decades of creating these models and um, you know, uh, vehicles for more mindful money uh, is, is really, uh, yeah, there, like you said, there's a lot that's really accessible to, to everyone these days. Um, let's see, let's hear a little bit more about the Integrated Capital Fellowship. This just sounds like an amazing program, and I'd love to hear more about it. Oh, good. I'm glad you're asking about that because this this is brand new for us. We're launching this for the first time this year. And what we found is that there was a need for financial activists. So people that had financial experience, whether it was in giving, lending, investing, um, but people that could work with wealth holders and groups that wanted to activate their entire portfolios. For good. So we decided we're going to launch this Integrated Capital Fellowship to educate, support, and inspire the next generation of financial practitioners. So it's a, you know, a nine-month fellowship, and there are three in-person intensives and lots of you know, learning that happens in between through online classes and webinars and one-on-one advisors and independent study projects. Um, and what it is, is it's, it's teaching people about wealth psychology, you know, so the people in the fellowship will examine their own relationship with money and learn about wealth psychology and, you know, learn about what it takes to create a vision, you know, their own vision, and if they're working with a wealth holder, how to align their vision and purpose with the vision and purpose of the wealth holder that they're working with, and how do they use you know, their financial skills combined with their leadership and interpersonal skills 
to leverage capital for positive social change. And so, you know, leveraging capital in all its forms, what I talked about earlier with, you know, all different types of financial capital and human capital and social capital and learning about what it takes to affect systemic change. Because given the nature of the problems, the social problems and environmental problems that we're now facing, we don't have time for slow incremental change. And we know that the financial systems that we've been using for so many decades are no longer working for most people. They're definitely no longer working for the planet. So how do we work with more people to help them align their money with their values? How do we work with more wealth holders on total portfolio activation? And how do we start to speed this transformation from an extractive economy to a regenerative one? So there are going to be you know, about 24 fellows that are going to go through this program starts in October, it ends in June, and they will be financial activists that will really be unlocking the power of capital in all its forms to affect lasting positive change. And, you know, we've got incredible faculty members, Joel Solomon from Renewal Funds, Akaya Windwood from Rockwood Leadership Institute, Marion Moore from Play Big, um, a dozen incredible one-on-one advisors and rotating faculty members. And, um, and we think that this is really going to make a difference, you know, in the field of social finance, because that's a big part of our work is not just, you know, working with the 200 million in assets that RSF has in collaboration with our investors and donors, um, but really advancing the field of social finance and the field of impact investing, sharing what we're learning and, you know, and hopefully training thousands of financial activists and financial practitioners to leverage the power of capital for real positive change. So Mm. stay tuned. I'll I'll let you know how it goes. We, um, we are very, very optimistic about what, what this fellowship will make possible through these incredible leaders. We, you know, this is the first year that it's launching. So, you know, we weren't expecting to receive many applications. We received far more applications than we had expected. And the quality of the applicants um, is just incredible. Mm. So um, that gives me hope too, to know that, wow, so many talented people that get this and that really want to hone their skills and learn as part of a collective to to make this transformation possible. Oh, I love that that approach and uh, invitation for, you know, as um, as Buckminster Fuller called it, you know, a, a trim tab. This this place where how we design and interact with money. Um, is is a trim tab that can uh, this tiny shift can uh, steer the boat of our society in a whole new direction and um, yeah it's just so inspiring to hear how many people are becoming aware of this you know it's something that's not widely recognized or known you know we don't really glamorize the economists (laughs) many people think it's boring Mm -hmm. and it's about the numbers Mm -hmm. and it's just this abstract science, social science. Oh, right. That's how <laughs> I used to feel. I thought, oh, that's so dry and boring. I never want to be 
working in the field of money. How how incredibly boring, but it's not. It's very exciting. Yeah, I really feel like it's one of the most innovative fields here that will, because money is an agreement and it is, uh, I think like you said earlier, a human creation and we can use our imagination to create other ways to exchange through complementary currencies, through public banking, time banks, um, worker-owned cooperatives. All of these are examples of um, more intimate um, economy and and I just see incredible creativity um, right that maybe you could speak to some you know if we could imagine here in 10 years together some of these innovative practices spreading and really the emergent economy has gotten some traction and uh, what what kinds of outcomes do you imagine how could these conversations really impact our future here? Well, when, when I speak to, you know, the young leaders today that, you know, understand money and really want to work in this field of social finance, um, you know, what I envision is a world where no one is afraid to talk about money and and no one is afraid of money or capital you know no one feels intimidated no one feels disempowered when they start to think about money and that everyone actually feels excited about how they are leveraging their money you know everyone knows oh you know money Money is just something that enables me to make different things possible. It's just a tool. You know, some people say it's a form of energy. You know, some people say it's a way for us to connect. It's a way for us to exchange. You know, it's, we shouldn't give it more or less power than it actually has. So, you know, so someday I hope that everyone feels that Money is a tool that enables them to be a big part of the solution, you know, so that everyone feels empowered. They're all using their money in a way that's aligned with their purpose and their values. And the ultimate goal is that everyone does have enough. Everyone realizes, I am enough. I have enough. You know, today the reality is that, you know, some people don't have enough. They don't have enough resources, basic resources to live healthy lives. And so if we can, you know, let go of the myths, you know, related to money, if we can let go of the scarcity mentality, if we can let go of the myth that says, you know, you have to be making as much money as possible. And if you have wealth, the purpose of wealth is to multiply itself. If we can let go of those myths and start to think about money in a different way, it's just a tool. It's a tool that makes things possible. What do I want to make possible and help empower people to create an economy, a world system that works for everyone in the planet? That's what we need. And it's entirely mm-hmm. possible. It's absolutely possible. 
it's going to take a lot of, you know, concerned citizens, a lot of communities of practice that are making that possible. But we all can start. We can. We all can do our part, whether we have just a little bit of resources or whether we have a lot of financial resources. Because, you know, we've all got, when it comes to human and social capital, we've, we've all got plenty of that. Mm-hmm. So let's think about how we leverage those forms of capital and how we leverage our money and, and be sharing, you know, what's, what's working, what's inspiring us, what's giving us hope and build on that. Right. Right. And people really are, I feel like, coming uh, to look at what is most valuable. And, you know, uh, as we saw with uh, Standing Rock and the Stand for the Waters and the divestment from the banks that are supporting those oil pipelines was one example of how much incredible support and people were finally able to take action and take their money out of those big banks and see the connection about the destruction of the environment that's enabled through our, um, through our banking practices. Um, There were a couple times you used um, that I'm wondering if you could just kind of define for listeners and then um, uh, both social finance, social finance. What, what does that mean? And um, what was the other, um, Oh, integrated capital. What? What? Sure. Yeah, just a brief sure. Yeah. So, social finance, um, in simple terms, is values-driven finance, and integrated capital, um, simply put, is leveraging diverse forms of capital to help solve social or environmental problems. So, diverse forms of financial social, and human capital. Hmm. Great. And so in our closing uh, few minutes here, I would just love to hear any um, closing remarks or messages you have. There may be many young women entrepreneurs um, listening. And uh, what would you like to say to these people? Well, first I want to thank you for the great work that you're doing in spreading the word about what's possible and what people can make happen in their lives, you know, by making their voices heard and um, using money for good. And, uh, and for women, I would say trust yourself. You know, really trust yourself. Trust that you are intelligent and you have something important to say and we need to hear it. So have faith in yourself, be yourself, and please make your voice heard because we want to hear your questions. We want to know what you think and feel and we need your solutions. You know, the older folks, we can't do Mm. this without you. The men can't do this without you. So lift your voices so much for that um, inspiration and and call to action so that each person knows they have these incredible unique gifts and genius and have the courage to bring those forward and uh, really create value for generations to come 
I so appreciate your incredible wisdom that you shared today, Deb, and um, encourage listeners. Thank you, Crystal. Sure, to check out all the work at rsfsocialfinance.org. And uh, and you can find out about all those programs that Deb told us about. So everyone know that there is a new world um, bubbling up that has a more intimate economy and a more joyful relationship with money and um, finance and uh, so appreciate you for sharing what's possible with us here today, Deb. Thank you. Thank you. It was my pleasure. Thanks for listening. If you like what you heard, the biggest compliment you can give us is to subscribe to the show and rate and review our podcast at iTunes. Be sure to visit www.moneymorphosis.com. That's money-m-o-r-p-h-o-s-i-s.com to join the growing community of empowered women who are dedicated to creating the true wealth they deserve.